Well, good morning. Thank you again for joining us today. I read in church, and I read some statistics around staying safe, around avoiding trouble and problems that I really would want to or like to share with you today. First of all, it says, do not ride in a vehicle because they cause 20% of all fatal accidents. Um, do not stay at home because 17% of the accidents happen there. And don't walk in the street because 15% of the accidents happen to pedestrians. And don't travel by air or water or rail because 16% of all accidents result in these activities. But only 0.001% of all accidents happen in church. <laughs> so I want you all to know to just take a deep breath uh, right now. Everybody, come on, take a deep breath. Um, because you can sit back and relax because you are in church today. Amen? All right, let's go. Before I get started, I wanted to say to the Bridge Church, what an incredible, incredible family, and I mean this with all of my heart, incredible family God has blessed me with in you, in you. Um, you all mean the world to me, and I love you very, very much. Wow, we're getting off starting good here. <laughs> uh, well, like I said, I love Christmas. Uh, forgive me, I enjoy, uh, I even enjoy some of the things that we've made it. <laughs> things that have nothing to do with Christ's birth, like ham. <laughs> uh, I'm being transparent with you here today, okay? Uh, pie. Um, those are some things that I really, really enjoy. And yes, even whenever I was a boy for a few years, I thought some things were, were real. <clears throat> and as I got older, about 15, I figured it out. <laughs> Seriously, I hope that you enjoy this season, the family time, the food, um, the football. I, want, I really want you to be happy. I want you to be happy. And if that's not family and food and football, you do your thing. Uh, however, let me read to you why I celebrate uh, Christmas, the Christmas holiday, why I'm good with putting some extra emphasis on Jesus at this time. In Luke chapter 2, verses um, 10 and 11, it says, but the angel said to them, very popular, everybody's probably heard this, vo this verse before, it says, do not be afraid, I already like it, it says, do not be afraid, I bring you good news. Now, what's there not to celebrate about good news, right? Good news that uh, will cause great joy for, everybody say all, for all the people. Um, what's there not to celebrate about that? Uh, it goes on to say, today in the town of David, a savior, and now we're getting to it, uh, has been born to you. He is, you know, the one that you've been looking for all this time? He is that one. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And, and, and since no one really knows the exact uh, birth date of Jesus, I think it's okay, maybe even good to put some extra emphasis on him during this time. Is that okay? Everybody's going, what are you talking about? <clears throat> we here at the bridge, we, we put emphasis on Jesus as much and as often as we possibly can. But while everyone else is thinking about Jesus, even if they only do it once a year, uh, let's, let's take advantage of that and let's set up, celebrate him. Uh, so about 700 years Seven hundred years before the before the birth of Jesus. Now, just 
to give you a little perspective of that, so sometimes we just roll over, that's like 1300, something like that. To give a little perspective, the electric light bulb was invented about 145 years ago. So we're talking 700 years before Jesus was born. God gave Isaiah a message. Didn't Pastor Dustin tell us that what prophets are, are messenger of God, right? And so Isaiah uh, gets this message from God to share with the people in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And he says, and now this is the one that we, we did just talk about, I think, this last Sunday. It says, for unto us a child is born, a child. Unto us a son is given, And the government shall be upon this child's shoulder. Um, And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor. And I know when you guys go see a counselor, you look for the babies, right? To give you... uh, I'm guessing not. the mighty God, it says. You're, thinking, you're talking about a baby here. You're talking about a child. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. There were so many things that the Holy Scripture has gone on to call this baby. In just this Scripture, Isaiah says, wonderful, counselor, you know, everlasting God, mighty God, and Prince of Peace, all in one verse. And around <clears throat> this time of year, we sing and think about this Baby, we think about this baby. Away in a manger, no crib for a bed. We gotta get some cribs here at the preschool, don't we, Shelley? Otherwise, they're not gonna have a bed. (laughs) Mary's boy child, silent night. What child is this? I wish I could sing. (laughs) You guys don't wish that to you. Everyone at this time uh, tends to think of Jesus as this precious little baby. Oh, isn't he adorable? Isn't he adorable? It's so hard to think that this baby has anything to do with helping us. At least not with what you're going through right now. At least not with what's happening in your life right now. Isn't he cute? He, they, they say he's the Prince of Peace. I like that song, Mary, Did You Know? Anybody heard of it? <laughs> it goes on to enlighten us more about what this precious baby's gonna be. It says, Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that, 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 that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? That this child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will calm the storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? When you kiss the little boy, you kiss the face of God. Mary, did you know that the blind's gonna see, the deaf's gonna hear, the dead is gonna live again? The lame will leap, the dumb will speak the praises of the lamb. Mary, did you know that the baby boy is Lord of all nations, of all creation? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? That sleeping child that you're holding is the great I am. This baby, listen to me very closely, 
was the same God who spoke everything into existence. The same God who is all-knowing, who is all-powerful, who is everywhere right now. In the world that we live in, the country with the strongest military power, in most cases because of that power, will experience peace, right? Could this child have anything to do with the peace that you so desperately need in your life today? Make no mistake, this baby that we sing about around this time of year, he is God Almighty. He, he, is, he is the Prince of Peace. But many of you here are facing such an enormous trouble, such an enormous problem uh, in your life right now. And all you can think about is that baby Jesus, that little child. And how could this child have anything to do with your peace today. And I know that even as blessed as I am today, I've had some ups and downs in my life. I, I don't think anyone would argue the fact that life can be a roller coaster of both ups and downs, of, of, of you know, enjoyment and then troubles and trials. But let me give you a message today. Seriously, God doesn't want you to panic. He doesn't want you to fear. He doesn't want you to get all uptight when you face these troubles, when you face these, these problems. Because throughout life, I'm telling you right now, you're gonna encounter trouble on a regular basis. If you've lived long enough, you already know that. Troubles are inevitable. In James chapter one, in verse two, it says, when, and emphasis on when, when you face trials. When you face trials, there, there are different kinds of troubles and trials that we go through, relational, you know, parents and, and children and husband and wife, and then there's emotional troubles that we go through uh, on the outside. We're so cool, but on the inside, we're just overwhelmed with oppression and we're overwhelmed with fear and guilt and we're overwhelmed with regret and we're not letting it out. We're not letting people know about it. Uh, it's coming through, but we're not letting people, we're worrying, we're, we're, we got anger. Troubles don't give a rip. I'm telling you, they don't give a rip on who you are. It happens to the believers and it happens to unbelievers. Matthew 5, 45 says, he sends the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. However, isn't it cool? Believers, right, have another source of power to deal with their issues and their troubles and, and their problems. Now, admittedly, <clears throat> a lot of problems that we bring on ourselves is when we disobey God. But some problems come, listen to me very closely, some problems come despite the fact that you're doing the right thing. You're doing the right thing. I, I talked to you about a similar story a few weeks ago, but I want to tell you about a problem that the, the, the disciples encountered while absolutely doing the right thing. They were following Jesus. Jesus told the disciples to get in the boat and they obeyed and sailed right into a storm. They were obedient to God and still found themselves in trouble. <clears throat> in Matthew chapter eight, verse 24 says, without warning, a furious storm came up. It was a beautiful day in Galilee and Crystal and I were waiting to take a boat ride. We had traveled you know, to Israel and we were gonna take this boat ride on the Sea of Galilee and they came up and they said to us, hey, the winds are picking up. I don't think we're gonna, we're gonna have to probably cancel this boat trip. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. 
Listen to me, a problem happens, a problem happens just like that. It just comes up just like that. We don't, by the way, we got the right on that boat. <laughs> I was gonna stay there all day. Anyway, <clears throat> problems happen just like that. They come up on you and you don't know what's happening. We don't always see it coming, but here's the deal. When the storm came up on them, listen to me very close today. When it came upon them, <clears throat> there were two different responses that I want to talk about today, all right? All in the same verse. In verse 24, it says, we, well, we see the, the disciples' response, and then later in that same verse, we see Jesus' response. I read about two couples, uh, both married about three years, so married about the same time. They both had good jobs, uh, live in nice places, attended even the same church, uh, one couple basically positive and, and puts things in their best light and non-judgmental and, and with an attitude, no attitude and that kind of thing. However, their lives were, were not without disappointments. They weren't without problems and, and issues, but, but their problems didn't keep them from a happy marriage or a happy life. I hope you're listening to me today. The other couple, basically negative, very judgmental attitudes, and now both he and his wife are ready to call it quits. Life was basically the same for both these couples. So why the drastic difference in attitude? It wasn't their, their circumstances because their circumstances were basically the same. But it was in how they interpreted those circumstances. Their realities weren't that different, but their outlooks were miles apart. Can, can you have... Uh, you, you have two people here you put them in the same situation and they react differently just based on their attitude. They, they panicked. They, they, they became fearful about whatever, finances, about, about their kids, about this, about that, or whatever. But, but they haven't figured out yet, what they haven't figured out yet is it, it simply comes down to, and it's so simple, a choice. We try to blame everything on everybody else, and of course the enemy and everything else, but it comes down to a choice. <clears throat> In verse 24, it says, without warning, a furious storm came upon the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. The disciples, listen to what the response was. The disciples went and woke him up saying, Lord, save us. We're gonna drown here. The disciples in this boat, they weren't novices. I mean, uh, they were professional, in some cases, professional fishermen. They, they actually grew up on the lake and around the lake. So this wasn't like you know, some little choppy water that the, the Bible describes here. This was some real trouble that they were in. I mean, this was some real problems. I'll never forget <clears throat> when I was a little guy. I had a family and friends, and they, we both had boats, and their boat was just a little bit littler than ours, and we got on the Mississippi River, and we got really close to the dam. And I don't know why we were doing that. We normally never did that, but we got pretty close to the dam and they kind of start letting it go, letting it out, the water out, and, or in, I should say. And, and the, the little boat that we were with, water starts, you know, kind of like coming up over this thing. And the other couple brings up the boat right next, to, I just remember as a little guy, it brings the boat up next to our boat and they pass the two, their two boys over into, into our boat for safety. And even our boat wasn't all that safe, but it was safer. I'll never forget. This must have been a life-threatening storm that these pros were panicking about. 
The Greek word for storm here is the word that we get seismograph from, if that helps. The, 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 the word literally means violent shaking. Uh, it, it says the waves swept over the boat. That's a scary situation. So the disciples, they began to panic. Now, compare that to Jesus' reaction. It says, a furious storm came up on the lake and the waves swept over the boat. And let's look in verse 24 to see what Jesus is doing. (laughs) I get a laugh out of that. He's sleeping in the boat. Pretty heavy sleeper, I guess. That, that, that day, my family that was out on the river, and I couldn't even fathom anyone, any of us, closing our eyes for just a second, much less to fall asleep. I couldn't imagine that. But Jesus was sleeping, and with all of that water getting in the boat, if you can just imagine, Jesus it had to be getting wet. Of some, have you ever tried to sleep, get, you know, like getting splashed with water? But Jesus' response was, oh, I'm resting. I'm relaxing. I'm even going to take a snooze here. Did you know that sometimes sleeping can be the best statement of faith you've ever made? (laughs) I'm not going to worry about it. I can't do anything about it. I'm going to go to bed and just trust God's going to take care of this thing. But usually when a trouble occurs, we, we lose sleep. And when troubles come, our minds go into overdrive and we lie awake, wide eyed and worrying. I, I, I don't think it surprises any of us that Americans spend over a half a billion dollars a year on sleeping aids. Why? Because we live in a very fearful society. But here, here, we find Jesus in the middle of real trouble here, waves crashing down on the boat, and he's sound asleep, sound asleep. How in the world, and this is what I wanna talk to you about today, How in the world can we get that kind of peace in our lives today? How can we do that? When we face real adversity, when we face real troubles, real problems, how can we get that kind of peace where we don't panic, but we're filled with peace? Somebody's facing some problems today about peace in their hearts in their lives. So the first thing I wanna talk about today, and everybody settle down, it's not gonna take, I only got about an hour or two left, so um, it won't be much longer, I promise. But the first thing that, that to get peace is to realize that and remember that God is always close. He's close. He's close. He is with you. He is close by. So get your eyes off of the incident, get your eyes off of the problem, off of the struggles, and on to Jesus. Focus on God's closeness to you. And and in verse 23, it says, then Jesus got into the boat, and listen now, and his disciples followed him. So they're very close to Jesus right there. They get right in the middle of the storm, and look who is in the boat with them. That same family that I was telling you about that was out in the boat, he, his dad, my buddy's dad, he's um, a captain. He was a captain. He's retired now for Ozark Airlines. Anybody remember Ozark Airlines? 
And then, okay, and then, um, then TWA, he went to TWA. And uh, he was the captain there. And so, um, so my buddy, which would have been his son, happened to be riding on the plane that his dad was piloting. And um, he's in the seat, and he notices this lady next to him just shaking and, like, nervous and everything. And he starts talking to, if you know this guy, he talked to anybody. Um, but he starts talking to her, and he's like, are you okay? And she says, that's my first time flying, and I'm so nervous and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so Phil, my buddy, he, he, he reaches for the stewardess, and he says, come over, and he kind of, like, whispers in her, hey, tell my dad. There's a first-time flyer here, and she is so nervous. And so the next thing you know, over the intercom comes Captain Black, and he says, hey, um, we're, this is Captain Black. We're on destination of where we were going, and just want you to all just to relax, enjoy the ride. I want you to know nothing's going to happen on this ride. My son is on this plane. I'm going to tell you guys something. We have a heavenly father, and he's in your boat today. Just, I'm telling you, if he's the pilot in your life, you got everything okay. Everything's going to be okay. We can trust everything's going to be all right. The problem is that during the troubles and the trials that we tend to, to think that we're all alone. <clears throat> but just like the disciples, we forget who's with us, who's in the boat with us. Isaiah 43, 1 and 2 says, listen, again, something that, that I really love, it talks about all throughout Scripture. Fear not. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. Listen to the words here. I have called you by name. You are mine, he says. When you pass through the waters, I'm gonna be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they are gonna sweep over you. They will not sweep over you. Translation, I am with you. Uh, no matter, listen, I don't care what you're going through. No matter what the situation is, I'm with you. God said, I'll never forsake you. I'll never leave you. I'll always be there with you. So while the waves are crashing in, while the news in your life seems to be so bad or, or issues seem to be rising or coming upon you, just remember, no matter how you feel, the almighty God, the prince of peace is close. Jesus is close. The second thing that I want to talk to you about is that he cares. Let's read the story on. In Mark chapter 4, verse 38, the disciples said to him, Teacher, don't you care? Don't you care if we drown? Isn't this so typical of all of us? I said all of us. Don't you care, God? The, the first thing that we tend to do is we question God's love for us. Why me? Why, why is this happening to me? Lord, don't you care? Aren't you a loving God? Don't you love me? Don't look at me like you've never thought those things in your life. I have myself. I know you all have. <clears throat> why me? Listen to me. He literally made you. He made you. What parent here, I want you to think about it right now, what parent here doesn't love your children? You, you, you'd do anything for them. Even if you had to, you'd die for them. Absolutely, Jesus loves you. No one, listen to me, no one loves you more. No one loves you more. Just look at the woman that was caught doing wrong. She was caught in adultery. She was, 
she was, you know, had been with several men and, and here they, they drag her out of the bed. I, I mean, I literally drag her out of bed and into the street, likely with no clothes on. And they're saying, stoner. Telling Jesus, you know, what are, we gonna, what are we supposed to do with this? What's he say? You without sin, you, you cast that first stone. And all of her accusers walk away. You see, God's got our back. Even when we do something stupid like that, God's got our back. Here's a simple one. I mean, like, there was just an inconvenience. The guys were... Guys were working on, John, they're working on trying to build a little, they wanted to live down by the River Jordan and, and, and they're working on trying to build some tents and stuff to live on. And while the guy's working, the ax head flies off and goes into the water. And just inconvenient. Now, like, I, I can't, now I can't work on my deal. What happens? The prophet says, okay, uh, here's a piece of wood or whatever. And he throws it out into the river and all of a sudden the ax head goes right up onto it. Just an inconvenience, but that's the God. Do you think he cares about us? Just about a little inconvenience. And then we talked about the feeding of 5,000. They were just hungry. He cares about us. How about the woman with the issue of blood for a lifetime storm? And what happens to her? She walks up and she just touches the hem of his garment. And instantly she's healed. First Peter 5, 7 says, and I want you to listen to this closely. If you're here today, you're struggling, you have issues, you have problems. Listen to this verse, cast all, everybody say all. Cast all your anxiety on him. Because listen to me, he cares for you. Cast it all, cast it all on him. And then what does he do? <clears throat> he does the ultimate for us. In Isaiah 53, four through seven, it says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. That's your transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, our sins, our problems, our struggles, and how we dealt with them. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, when they beat him and, and they put the stripes on his back, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. We've turned our back on him, even after he did all that for us. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of all of us. He was oppressed and he was afflicted and, he, and he, yet he opened not his mouth. He, he is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before the shears dumb, is dumb. So he openeth not his mouth. All for you. He didn't say one single word on that day to defend himself. Not one. Listen to me right now. When you have the gall, when you have the gall, the audacity to think that he doesn't care, think of this. With just one word, with just one word, he could have stopped all of his suffering. But he allowed them to beat him almost to death. They, he allowed him to nail him to the cross and he suffered and died all because he cares, he cares, he cares, he cares for you. I tried to explain it, but I can't do it. I don't have the vocabulary. I, I can't get it across to you how much he cares for you. 
But the Bible says that his love is wider and greater than anything that you can imagine. To say that God cares is just such an understatement. God cares about you. He cares about you, his child. He cares about you. And finally today, he's in control. He's in control. I'm going to tell you right now, it probably wouldn't matter much how close you were to Jesus. It probably wouldn't matter how much Jesus cared if he truly isn't in control. Who gives a rip how close I am to Jesus if he's not in control or if he don't care? But Mark chapter four, verse 39 says, Jesus got up, listen to me close. Jesus got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. You ever talk to your kids? Quiet, (laughs) be still. He talked to the wind and to the waves just like that. Then the winds died down and it was completely calm. Everybody take a deep breath. Some translations here say that he said, peace, be still. What incredible power that Jesus demonstrates here over nature. The storm about to capsize their boat and Jesus says, quiet, be still. The Greek literally means Jesus said, sit down and shut up. Now that I have said to my kids before. (laughs) When they were just little guys, they couldn't beat me up. Jesus wakes up and says to the winds and to the waves, sit down and shut up. And instantly, guys, listen to me closely. The wording has is, is, is got to be here for you. Instantly, everybody say instantly. It's quiet. Instantly. I know that some of you are in a storm right now and you'd like to know that instantly it can be quiet. Instantly, it's calm seas. Instantly, there was peace and calm. I want you to think about that. You, you just go throw a rock. Have you ever done this as a kid? You throw a rock out into the lake and you see just one little rock and all of a sudden you see this ripple effect, and it goes for a while, don't it? If you watch it, have you ever done it and watched it all the way till it, it's, it's done? It goes for a little while. It takes time for it to, to, to go still. These waves, now, I'm not talking about no rock. The, these waves were crashing down on this boat, and they, they instantly, they instantly calmed and still. That's amazing power. Guys, Jesus is in control. He is in control if you're here today and all you can think about is the problem that you're facing. I want you to know that Jesus is still in control. Guys, let him speak peace over your life today. Let him speak peace over your life today. Let him speak peace over your life. Nothing, there is nothing that is beyond his control. Absolutely nothing. Fear occurs when we, when we feel out of control, when we feel like we haven't or we can't control the situation that we're in, you think that that, that's only sometimes we think that in our lives. But listen, you're delusional because most of the time is out of control and, and you just think that you're in control. And so what happens is that we operate most of the time out of fear. 
the secret of overcoming fear. Listen, everybody, is faith in God. Faith in God. Placing control in his hands. In his hands. Jesus said in verse 26, he said, you of little faith, why are you afraid? Look at what he does here. He contrasts fear and faith. They're directly opposite. <clears throat> you have to come to the point in your life that you realize, I, I, I just can't control everything. I can't control everything. That, that's a major step, guy. by the way, of maturity. I cannot control everything that happens in my life. But listen, I don't have to. It's probably out of my control, but it's not out of God's control. He is in control. Give, I'm, I'm, I'm begging you today, give God the reins of your life. Give God the reins of this issue, this problem that's happening in your life. He, he's in control anyway. Psalm 91, verses one through five. It says, whoever goes to the Lord for safety and protection can say to him, you are my defender and protector. You are my God. In you, I trust. He will keep you safe from all hidden danger. You need not fear. Listen, in just one sentence, I'll say it this way. We fear too much because we trust God too little. Jesus said, in the world, you will have tribulation, and that's a fact of life. But he also said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. You're cool. I've got it. I want you to think about this question. Do you think that Jesus knew that storm was coming? When he had them get on that boat and set sail, did he know in advance that the storm was coming? And if he knew the storm was coming, why did he allow that to happen? If he knew in advance, why did he allow the trouble in your life to happen, the problem in your life to happen? If he knew in advance, why did he allow it to happen? Why didn't he at least warn those who put their lives in his hands? I believe, I believe that he wants to teach a truth to some of us here today. It's a truth that you have to learn. And the only way that we learn it, guys, this is the tough part, is by experience. I, I can talk all day about all of the miracles and all the things and all the power that God has. I can go on and on about the different stories in scripture about his power and everything. He's in control and all this kind of stuff. I could go on and on teaching about uh, uh, this faith and, and the peace that comes with it. But the only way that you're really going to learn is this truth is by experience. It's by going through it. I know that's tough news. And the truth is today that Jesus can be trusted. He can be trusted. 
right in the middle of your problem, right in the middle of your struggles, Jesus can be trusted. Here are your options. You can be filled with peace or you can be filled with panic and fear. I want you to remember, guys, get and stay close to Jesus. No one cares for you more and he is always, always in control. Finally, it says in verse 27, the men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. The answer is, guys, he wasn't just a baby. He wasn't just even a man. He was all man, but he was all God. The same God who spoke this world into existence was in that boat. And the same Jesus that spoke peace to that storm. And he could do nothing else but obey him. Let that same Jesus, the Prince of Peace, speak peace into your problem, into your situation, into your marriage, into your financial uh, problems or woes, into your child, uh, into your life right now, right now. Can we all please stand? If you would all, for the sake of everybody else, you would bow your heads and if, I would ask you if you would just close your eyes here this morning I, I, want, I want you to listen to the almighty God right now I, I believe that the prince of peace is speaking to someone here today the prince of peace is speaking to someone here today Someone here needs to invite the peace speaker into your boat today. Invite him into your heart. Invite him into your situation. God wants nothing more than for you to invite him to be close, to be close to him today. I don't care how long, listen to me very close today. I don't care how long you've been coming to church. I don't care if you've been coming to church since you were a child. I don't care uh, uh, um, what, what that situation is. I, I don't care who you are. I don't care what role you play in this church. If you're here in turmoil today, if you're here in fear, if you're here in doubting, if you're here, I mean, whatever the situation is, the almighty God, the Prince of Peace, wants to have peace in your life. He wants you to have that. If if you'll just step out one more time, he's saying, if you'll just step out one more time, trusting that he is in control, that he loves you, invite him in here today. Invite him in. I'm gonna pray as everyone's head is bowed, every eye closed.
Jesus, we, we know that you weren't just a baby. And we give thanks in everything. I mean everything. Even our troubles, even our doubts, even the things that we're going through, right? even our fears, the things that we're going through right now. We, we, we give you thanks for that. You've told us to trust you with all of our hearts. <clears throat> to not lean on our own understanding, our own knowledge. Even the problem that we're facing today, to acknowledge you even during that problem. Jesus, we know that you're close today. You, you promised to be close to the broken. We know that you love and that you care about us. We also trust that you're in control. You're an awesome God. Father, help us not to fear. Because you're, you're our pilot. Help us not to fear during this issue, this problem that we're having. But to realize that you are with us. And to depend on you. To depend on your presence to depend on your power, to depend on your peace for our hearts. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.